Good evening, brothers and sisters. May God bless you all. We feel joyful to spend these moments with you and know that we all have our hearts open to God, that we love and we worship our God because He is too kind to us and He is our life. Glory to the name of the Lord. You may take your seats, please. I would like to say hello to all those who are newcomers that are also joining these live streams that are joining us. We feel thrilled to know that you are joining us. It is a plan of God. It is a purpose of God. He, the Holy Spirit has so spoken about this through prophecy that he would give, he would bring many hearts and many people who had a desire to seek the Lord and know God. And for that reason, it is no coincidence that you are with us today. I would like to share a beautiful testimony with you all about the way God glorified himself in a sister of the church who was not able to bear children, uh, to have children. And because of a prayer that our sister Maria Luisa has been presenting before God recently, anytime she prays for the whole church, she has been praying for babies the one that are in their mother's wombs. For the most part, the prayer is for babies, for God to keep them safe and to protect them and to help them with everything. But recently, our sister Maria Luisa, worldwide spiritual of the church, has been praying for babies, for the babies that are in their mother's wombs, so that God may heal them, so that the Lord will help them, will protect them from every ailment. And what happened? This sister, whom I'm referring, uh, she was not able to have children, and the Holy Spirit through prophecy made that promise to her. She had that expectation in her. She had already lost the baby, and nonetheless, she never faltered. She always trusted the promise is given by the Holy Spirit and she was convinced that God was going to fulfill his promise. She was very confident in God and sure enough, she became pregnant. And she said that her baby was not growing and the doctor was alarmed and said the baby's growth is is very, very poor and we're worried because you already have a history of, of having had a miscarriage before so this situation is not satisfactory at all but rather concerning. Well, what's beautiful is to have the Holy Spirit, what's beautiful is to have this wonderful God that who speaks to us through the gift of prophecy and for that reason she kept nourishing her confidence in God or trusting God in an admirable way. So what happened? That a few days ago when our sister Maria Luisa began to pray like that and to ask the Lord for the babies who are in their mother's womb and those who need help from heaven, from the living God, for the Lord, for the Most High to manifest Himself in them. She fully trusted that prayer, she called on and she, on God, and she was certain God had worked in her baby who needed it, needed God's help so much. She testified that when she went back to see the doctor, the doctor told her, I am uh, astounded 
Because you're a baby, during this month, growth, what he hadn't grown in the five previous months of pregnancy. And that baby is doing really well right now. She's perfectly well, according to uh, the, the doctor's diagnosis. And we are sure that this will be so, for God worked this great miracle. Blessed and praised is the name of the Lord. God is great. God is powerful. And this is something incredible, but it is true that with prayer, our Lord works great wonders in our midst. Glory to God. Blessed is the name of the Lord. Our God lives and is great and is powerful. The living God is with us. Glory to the Most High. Let us rise and we are going to read in our Bibles. We are going to read the first epistle of the Apostle Paul addressed, addressing the Corinthians chapter number 13. Let us read 1 Corinthians chapter 13. We are going to read verse number 4. And let us read for the honor and glory and reverence of the Most High. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. Is not puffed up. Amen. You may take your sheets, brothers and sisters. And tonight, we are going to teach about vainglory. That is the title of the sermon, vainglory. And we're going to explain what vainglory is. Which is tied to all these sermons we have been presenting concerning the fruits of the Holy Spirit. We've been reading about the fruits of the Holy Spirit in the book of Galatians. And the fruit we found in Galatians was love. When a person practices love or puts love into practice, that person is not envious. When a person puts love into practice, is not prideful. We taught a week ago that a person who is prideful is a person who does not bear in mind anyone else's opinions. It is a person who doesn't, uh, does not accept ever any advice or correction because this person has a sense of, a sense of superiority. Today we're going to analyze also another sin, another secret sin, which refers to those sins that destroy our spiritual lives, that don't allow us to grow spiritually, that don't allow us to attain the blessings of God in our spiritual lives and our material lives. They become an obstacle, a setback for the Lord to hear us. And that is vainglory. That is another secret sin. Secret sins are sins that we put into practice and we don't even know where we're doing it. We don't realize we're doing them, that we have those sins. For example, pride. You may be prideful and you don't realize that you're prideful. You may be an envious person and don't even realize that you're envious. Especially because sometimes you don't even know what envy is. Or sometimes you don't even know what pride is. Nor do you know what vainglory is. That is why it is important for us to know what each sin consists of so that when we see that we are behaving in a certain way that we may react 
and we may be cognizant of the fact that we are committing a sin because we already know what that sin uh, consists of and thus we will not fall into the devil's traps we will not make those mistakes and we will not lose blessings today we're going to see a sin that is similar to pride which is vainglory because a person who is vainglory who who has vainglory it is a person who has an attitude or a feeling of being superior to other people person feels superior higher and moreover that person also gives glory to himself and gives praise to himself and in many times humiliates other people so it is destructive and it hurts other people it upsets people and affects their spiritual lives and contrary to love because vainglory has to do with parading oneself or boasting as we, as we read in verse 4 love does not parade itself Van, or it is, is not puffed up it's the same thing these are terms that are perhaps not so common but we're going to explain that vainglory comes from vain vain means that it's something empty that it is something fleeting it is something that is temporary that it just goes away I meaning it means is a, a temporary to fleeting glory something that stop ceases to be very quickly and giving glory to oneself is not glory that is something temporary fleeting that's vainglory and to being puffed up or parading oneself it is to give glory to yourself to feel that you're high superior that is not glory that is something that passes something that does not remain and same thing with parading yourself is boasting of something boasting of an achievement in life and also showing it to, to other people and it is tied to a desire of being better or of showing yourself parading yourself just make making up yourself feel superior than other people and this sin is far from love that's why it, we read that when a person has love verse 4 states love suffers long when it means suffers long it means that it is, it's patient and we had already talked about patience is kind we had already talked about kindness as well doing well doing good love does not envy we had already talked about envy love does not parade itself we had not talked about this about vainglory we had not talked about uh, being puffed up or being arrogant and they are both tied to vainglory and in that vein we as the church must be aware of not talking to brothers and sisters or other people about our own things just to give praise to ourselves or to give glory to ourselves to make others see that we are too important no there was a, a one time I remember when the church I heard a testimony about when the church began in Colombia where they had about 40 believers all all in all in the beginning there were four but 
uh, around the time that there were already 40 believers in the church some people came to church back then someone who came who had already who had gone to college and this person started to say I like that church but uh, the only thing I don't like is that they are they they don't know how to read they're really um, I mean they haven't really gone to, to school and the only one that, that has gone to school is me they're very illiterate so that's called vainglory and that is not something that the Lord likes and it's also uh, really something like humiliating other people and demeaning them and ashamed uh, them but in, in reality when it when at the end, at the end of the day that's really nothing in life or for example when I also remember an example of a situation someone in the church lived back then that person had little income and so this person was always eating whatever the person could afford, vegetables perhaps, but he wasn't able to buy veg uh, protein, meat. And someone back then who started to come to church said to him one day, no, I mean, in our case, it's the contrary. Every single day we eat chicken. And every single day we're well fed and well nurtured. So imagine a comment like that to someone. Making a comment like that, who can only afford vegetables, who can only afford, um, you know, starches or carbs. So that illustrates an attitude of vainglory, an attitude of being, of having bad manners, because all of these sins also, vainglory, envy, gossip, they're bad manners. It's a person who has good manners. Never will do those sort. Will make those sorts of comments. So we're going to see in the Bible several verses that elaborate on vainglory, and we're going to find it, perhaps expressed in various ways. We will find very, We won't find the word vainglory, but uh, other places will have being puffed up, as we just read, for example. Or the verse itself will will show will will connote uh, vainglory in the virtues. But before we do that, let us read in the Book of Proverbs, chapter twenty-five, where the Bible teaches us in verse number twenty-seven about vainglory and a definition of vainglory. And Proverbs twenty-five. Verse number 27 states, It is not good to eat much honey. That's true because, I mean, honey is pleasing. It's really delicious. But when you eat too much honey, you uh, you don't... It's really something that tires you out and it doesn't really taste good after a while. Same thing. So to seek one's own glory is not glory. That's vainglory when you are sort of showing that attitude 
or sh displaying that feeling. The attitude is that you show that or you say it and the feelings that perhaps a person doesn't really say it out loud but feels it that way, feels that he is superior, feels that he has a lot of things to show and that he has achieved more than other people, that that gives him the right to feel superior than to humiliate other people, to demean other people and to talk and to say and to tell and, and, and to, to show himself and show everything that he's achieved in life and everything that he has, I am this, I have that, I can do this. That is an attitude that really takes away points before, before God. We should always score points in the side of God, especially because God in the church makes us all rich, spiritually speaking. And we all may receive spiritual gifts that are beautiful. And we must be aware because our sister Maria Luisa was teaching last Sunday about the spiritual gifts. The Lord may give us gifts of healing or gifts of, of prophecy, which is the greatest gift. Or he may give us a gift to work miracles or the gift of to discerning spirits, wisdom, knowledge. There are wonderful gifts. But we cannot become boastful because vainglory means also that you are boastful and that that you are that and that you sort of presume you're you're presumptuous or you want to show before others sort of showing more than you really have there's a verse in Galatians that says that there are many who think that they are and they're really not that much and so that may really affect our spiritual lives because for example if since antiquity Moses taught the ancient people of Israel that they were to be careful with being presumptuous or vainglorious. He gave an example in the book of Deuteronomy. I think this is in chapter 18, I believe, where he talked about prophets and he said, if someone presumes to, to be a prophet, meaning says that he's a prophet or acts as he's a prophet without being so, without me sending him, without God having appointed that person to do that. It meant that even since then, there were already people who liked to boast before others. And that is something also that removes our spiritual lives from us as well. And that's why I want to make emphasis on that, because it may be that God will give many material blessings to many people. But God's forte is to give us spiritual blessings in the church. And that's what we all want. Agreed? We all want many spiritual blessings. We all want spiritual gifts because the spiritual gifts will be with us forever. And their spiritual attributes and qualities. The material blessings, we will enjoy them, but they are fleeting. However, spiritual is lasts forever. Therefore, we... Once we have received that spiritual blessing, we are going to have to treasure it and protect it, lest we lose it, lest the devil come and snatch it away from us and put us put a snare around us or a trap that we fall and lose that spiritual blessing, which is the greatest thing there is in life, the thing we want the most. And those spiritual blessings, you lose them very quickly when the person becomes vain vainglorious or 
presumptuous. And that is why we must be so careful with this flaw, with this sin. The sin that we must stay away from and be cautious of and know what it consists of and be aware of it. Back then, Moses taught, and if that prophet claims that he is a prophet and starts to prophesy and nothing ever comes to pass, whatever that prophet prophesied, it is because I had not sent him, says the Lord. He spoke with presum being presumptuous. And so that may happen to people, the people who today may want to say that they've received more than they really have received or who want to first places or show themselves or give praise to themselves or give glory to themselves and say that God has given them many revelations or spiritual experiences. No, it would be best to just keep that in your heart and know how to administer it with wisdom and be prudent and let God be the one who will guide us and let God be the one who supports us and let God be the only one who gives us praise because we are not going to give praise to ourselves. Or let someone else acknowledge that you have spiritual gifts. That's beautiful, sure. But I'll say this right away. The cure, the antidote against vainglory is to know that we are not going to give praise to ourselves ever, but that the only one who will be able to give us praise is God. He's the only one by supporting us because the fruits of our lives will speak by themselves and God will take it upon himself for this to be so if it is his will and if there is something worthy we have ever done before him and perhaps other people. As the Bible states, let another man praise you but not your own mouth because indeed we know that it is no, that's no glory if you praise yourself. Glory belongs to God and God is the only one who gives it and Perhaps other people, when they receive benefits, and likewise, we are never going to change and we are never going to exalt ourselves, nor are we going to feel superior to anybody, nor will our mouth say that we did this or that, but rather, we who already know what vainglory is are going to be aware of it and we are going to be very prudent and we will never ever feel superior to anyone else or that we have more power and we will not humiliate anyone because there was also one point in time when I remember someone who said, I have a gift of healing that is very beautiful. God supports me very much. When a person starts to say something like that, that's really wrong because that's vainglory. Speaking about yourself and he would say, and here... I see that 20 people said um, to, for me to lay hands and I'm astonished because I see that other people who have the same type of gifts, only four or five people go to them. Instead, I have a long line. So that sort of attitude, in fact, even if you feel it and you don't say it, but you do feel that you have all of that and that you feel that, yeah, that you have more than other people and that you're the best and that you're superior, that's wrong because then there is already a feeling of vainglory in your being, and that's already a mistake before the Lord. 
For that reason, as we just read here in Proverbs 25, 27, so to seek one's glory, own glory is not glory. That is vainglory. And that is the definition. Now let us read in the Gospel according to Matthew. It's very interesting how the Lord Jesus Christ gave various parables and taught through various parables about vainglory. And he didn't say specifically say vainglory, but you can see it. And, for example, in Matthew chapter 6, he gave several examples where we find, where, where, whereby we find vainglory. The first example in Matthew 6, 1 through 4, he was talking about people who give their alms. He used to give alms back then, and whatever they would do, give their charitable deed, or they would make a, a, the, the trumpet sound for people to know that they had given, that they had done a charitable deed. So it was a desire to show off and to brag before others that, that he was generous. And that's something called vain glory. That's why he taught that if you are going to help someone, then you should do it in secret and not tell anybody. Don't ever say absolutely anything to anyone that you helped someone else. Today, also with tithes, you could also say the same thing. For example, in the church, never do we ever ask anybody whether they give tithe or not. No, nor do we write down people's information, how much they earn or, how, or where do they work. Nothing at all. Not whatsoever, because that is a decision from each person on the side of God. And in the church, for example, there is... There are no speci special seats for those who give more tithe, for those who give more tithe. No, but rather each person with God. Otherwise, we we would stimulate or we'd be uh, saying that vainglory is okay and we would be stepping off this, away from this teaching that everything should be done in secret and that everything should be done to honor the Lord. That is why it states in verse number 2, Matthew 6, Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory, there it is, from men, it states, meaning they were give, giving glory to themselves and they were seeking people's gl glory from men. No, that's not how it is. They were giving their own, seeking their own glory. No, that's why he said, Assuredly, I say to you that they have their reward. But when you do a charitable word, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that your charitable deed may be in secret. And your father who sees in secret will himself reward you openly. There's another example right afterward with a prayer. And he said the same thing, that whenever they were to pray, they shouldn't pray out in the street or... And, and this before people just to, to show that they have a lot of dedication to God. Many times that's fanaticism. But rather, everything should be done discreetly and in secret before the Lord. And whatever you do in private, in secret, if God is, so deems it for to, be, to make it known in public or openly, let our lips not be the ones doing it to praise ourselves and give glory to ourselves but rather let it be the Lord 
if he wants to make it open and let make it known. But everything is done for God, not to seek your own praise or people's praise, nor which is, which is vainglory. Verse 5, And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, Hypocrites also because they were living by and they were committing sins. They were leading sinful lives that they may be seen by man. That was always a desire to show off, to play a trumpet for everybody to see them, to pray, that they prayed so that everybody would see them. They would pray openly in public so everybody could see them. Assuredly, I say to you that they have their reward. But when you, when you pray, Go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your father who is in the secret place, and your father who is in secret will reward you openly. And also, here in this same chapter, verse 16, he, give, he gave another example about vainglory and that desire to show off. In verse 16, now he was talking about fasting. We already we saw the example of charitable deed. We already saw the example of prayer. And now we're going to see an example of fasting. Whenever they started to fast, what means that the person uh, withholds from e eating food and or beverage or drinking a beverage to just to, to focus on praising God. In their case, instead of washing their head and having an appearance before everyone as though they were in fact eating just like every other day and not change their face or make any kind of a gesture for people to see them and ask what's happening with you why do you look like that so that you would have to answer oh i'm just fasting oh why oh do you fast why do you fast oh yes i fast because i'm very dedicated to god or i said this time and god for, for god no never but just total silence and it, uh, the opposite. You appear as though you are eating like normally. As though you were eating food normally. And it states in verse 16. Moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites. Because it is to pretend uh, that they were showing, uh, showing that they were hungry with a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces, meaning they were doing this also in this way intentionally to show themselves and to, to brag about this, to, that they appear to man to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you that they, they have their reward. And he said, on the contrary, what do you have to do? But when you, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, meaning this, just pretend that no nothing's happening lest anyone have found out. Same thing as when you're doing a charitable deed or when you're giving your tithe or when you're, whenever you're praying so that you do not appear to man to be fasting. But to your father who is in the secret place and your father who is in secret will reward you openly. I make clarification. Of course, whenever we're gathering in a congregation and we're all praying, of course, it is different just so that you don't misinterpret this sermon. Whenever you give your tithe, you give your tithe, but you don't need to say to anything to anyone. You just give your tithe, and if someone sees you giving your tithe, it's normal because there's no other way to do it. And same thing, if you're singing, you're singing because we we're all singing. So that please no, let no one misinterpret this sermon. But 
in the, uh, you know, the bottom of this sermon, the essence of it is the attitude or the feeling a person may have of wanting to give glory to himself, of wanting to pr give praise to himself and be praised by others. And with his attitude, with his behavior, with his feeling. And that is vainglory, which is what the Lord reproaches. Now, there's another gospel, the gospel according to Luke, where the Lord Jesus Christ also gave another example. And this is very important because just look at how many parables where are there are where the Lord started to explain this and describe it because certainly this is something that is common and it is something that people make that mistake without even realize it. And we may end up failing the Lord sometimes perhaps humiliating people, other times upsetting other people also because people will feel badly. So whoever who said, oh, all of you are just ignorant or you're all uneducated. Imagine how those brothers and sisters felt, those who heard that. They're going to feel really bad. So we must be careful with this. And here in Luke 14, verse number 7, he gave an example of the person who was invited to a banquet and immediately he goes and finds the first row as in the book of Proverbs that it teaches us where the great man were and that person would go there and find a seat for everybody to see him and then in that way he would, he would receive glory from all other people but what if the Lord Jesus here taught that the people who were guests to this banquet they say hey i'm sorry this is not this place doesn't belong to you so how embarrassing for a person who was seeking his own glory who attempted to give himself the first place and he in, uh, intended to find a position or a seat a front row seat for other people to see him because there's vainglory in his heart ends up embarrassed and ends up in the last rows the best thing, he said, is to just sit in the very in the back back seat. Don't go to the main the main table. And if God wants to give you the glory through some person who was the one calling, uh, organizing the banquet, they're going to call you to that first place. So all of these, they are all beautiful advice. This, this beautiful advice that we find in Proverbs that the Lord Jesus Christ took to give them again, because it was the Lord himself who taught them initially in the book of Proverbs. It is extremely important to read the book of Proverbs because there we find many teachings concerning our everyday life. And, in, and thus, we are going to make fewer mistakes in life and we're going to behave wisely in life and with much knowledge. And everything will work out well. And, and also, with pe we're going to please people and we're going to be a good testimony. And so in verse 7, so when uh, so he told a parable, it says, when he noted how they chose the best place, he's saying to them, when you are invited by anyone to a wedding feast, do not sit down in the best place, lest one more honorable than you be invited, invited by him. So he had a high concept of himself and he went up there and he gave glory to himself and he looked for the best place. Don't sit in the best places, choose. He sought to give glory to himself. And so, and who invited you and him come and say to you, give this 
this man, this place, and you began to, with shame to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, that's what we ought to do. Go and sit down in the lowest place so that when he who invited you comes, he may say to you, friend, go up higher. Then you will have glory in the presence of those who sit at the table with you. For whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. These are rea the realities of life. They happen today and will happen until the end. These are teachings for, that will stand forever. Therefore, let us, let, we should let these teachings guide us so that we may always be a good testimony. Same thing in Luke 18. The Lord Jesus Christ gave another example, another parable. I, thought, I, I think this is wonderful, really. It, I, I find it admirable for the Lord to have focused so many of his parables to this topic. Luke 18, verse number 9. Here he was talking about two men who, one of them thought that he was very holy and perfect and that he made no mistakes and he was alluding to other people. He was humiliating them and treating them as sinners. And so there, there's a great teaching, a great lesson that in our hearts, we should never have those feelings, but rather, on the contrary, we should understand that whoever thinks he stands, take heed lest he fall, as the Bible says, and have mercy and compassion on others. And also, let us consider that even if we stand, we may fail. If someone made a mistake, we might make a mistake in life. We could make a mistake and we can never boast. This man was uh, seemingly praying in private and he was praying and referring to the other, the tax collector who was right next to him and he was demeaning him. He was belittling him because of this other, this man's sin and, he, and, and the Pharisee was saying that he was perfect. It is a prayer that it is seemingly not in public but it is vainglory because let us remember that vainglory is something you do in public, but also what you feel in your heart. Because it may be that there are people who don't say things out loud to praise themselves, but in their heart, they do feel they are better than other people and that they are superior. And that's vainglory. And verse number nine says, also, he spoke this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. He, they, hum, they humiliated other people. He said, Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. He said, with, with himself, but that's what he was feeling. He was feeling that he was perfect. He felt that he was better. God, I thank you that I am not like other men extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this tax collector. I fast twice a day, twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the tax collector was presenting a prayer completely different. He was not showing vainglory. He was not boasting or bragging. He was not praising himself. He was not puffing up, as the Bible said. He was not puffing up. But rather, he was belittling himself in the sight of God as we ought to. And the tax collector, verse 13, standing afar off, would not so much as rise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. He acknowledged the sins. That's very beautiful. 
I tell you that this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. Meaning the Lord received that prayer for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. That's the problem. That's what the Bible says. That whoever wants to give glory to himself, whoever wants to give praise to himself, whatever, whoever wants to exalt in the sight of others or feel superior to others or the best or the most perfect one, that person will will be humbled, as the Bible says, whereas he who humbles himself will be exalted. He humbles himself before God and he humbles himself before people as well. With vainglory, to fight vainglory, it is very, it works really well, as we were saying with pride, that you feel that other people are superior to you and that you feel that other people that you value them and you appreciate everything that they may have may have opinions on or their points of view and that you never feel that you're more than them or you're superior. With the pride, the problem is that people don't hear other people's opinions. In vainglory, the problem is that the person gives praise to himself and that is why he shows himself as, as superior to other people because he gives glory to himself and, at the, and the person is also takes it upon himself to show that he's appeared to others. When, it's pri when, when talking about pride, the other person doesn't hear what other people say or value other, people, other people's opinions. And the Bible also gives us an example about Job. And in this example, or in the book, book of Job, he made Job go through a very difficult situation with one of his friends who said things with a lot of being with a great deal of vainglory. That's why I would like to quote this passage in Job chapter number 33, because you can see his vainglory by when he was expressing himself and his words, the are words that, that pertaining to Job. And as you know, as you might know, that Job was going through a very great trial and Job had lost his own health, Job had, had lost his properties, he had lost his family, the wicked one had done many evil things to him and Job remained and trusting and he kept, kept trusting and believing in God with all due patience. And to cap it all off, this person whose name was Elihu, all of Job's friends were were people whom the, the wicked one used. He used his mouth to offend Job, to disparage Job, to demean Job, to, uh, to humiliate Job. And here we have a man who also spoke like the devil speaks, because that's what the devil is. He is... Uh, boastful. For example, if you start to read Isaiah 14 or Ezekiel 28 that talks about the devil, you see how the devil talks about and what the devil talks about and what he says. And here we also see the same thing in Job 33. But but please, Job 33.1, hear my speech. He went to Job and started to talk as though he was a great teacher, as though he was superior to Job with no kind of consideration or respect at all. He said, hear me, because I'm going to teach you. 
And I think, I believe that he was the youngest one of them all because he was a person without experience, without any doctrine, without any knowledge about anything. It was an instrument in the hands of the devil. And so it's, he said, hear my speech, listen. And so he acted as a teacher. And so that is also a way of looking at being, uh, of looking at this. If someone says, I know a lot, I, I, I studied a lot, and I have a lot of uh, titles. The Lord just Christ also in our, another parable taught about those who wanted peop, other people to a, address them only by their titles. A rabbi, which means teacher. Other people should tell them rabbi or my father. They were to call them and address them by that name. And then the Lord Jesus said, no, that's not the way it is. Teacher and the Lord Jesus Christ, my father, the everlasting father, the father, the heavenly father, the Lord, God. In the gospel, the Lord Jesus Christ said that to them. You shouldn't seek man, man, glory from men to give you these sorts of recognition or titles. You shouldn't do that. In this case, this person thought of himself as a great teacher who knew a lot, and that is vainglory, and that is to exalt oneself. And so it goes hand in hand with pride because then this person also says, no, 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 you are not going to teach me anything. Um, I won't accept you teaching me anything. I won't accept any kind of advice from you or any kind of recommendation, absolutely at all, because I know everything. There, but please, Job, hear my speech and listen to all my words. Now I open my mouth. My tongue speaks in my mouth. My words, look at what he said here. My words come from my upright heart. Just imagine that. That's how the devil speaks. A person saying that be, by, through his mouth, words were going to come to declare how upright his heart was and how much uprightness his heart had. Imagine that. That is the true portrayal of vainglory. A person who says, I am upright. I, whatever I say, it is because I am upright in my heart and my lips utter pure knowledge. And then, look at that. that that's what... It, he does, and that's how the devil speaks. He says five uh, lies and one truth. But that is no truth. Someone who says that his words will declare how upright this person is? No. An upright person will never say that he is holy or righteous or perfect. Never. He will never say that he has everything. And that is what Elihu would do. Just so that we may also know how this sin works and how vainglory works and that we may identify it and also so that we may flee from it and be aware of it so lest we ever fall and make that mistake now let us read first corinthians chapter chapter 3 an example that the apostle paul gives us about these people who thought they were wise first corinthians Chapter 3, and the Apostle Paul said, Whoever thinks is wise just by the mere fact of thinking he is wise, he is already full of vainglory. Right off the bat. If someone thinks that he is wise and that you can't teach him, then that person is already exalted and has vainglory. Verse 18, 1 Corinthians chapter Number 3, verse 18. Let no one deceive himself. That's vainglory. 
If anyone among you seems to be wise in this age, vain glory. If you think, if you seem to be wise, or think that you know everything. Let him become a fool that he may become, a, become wise, because that was also the human wisdom that many people thought they knew everything. And, that, and for that vain glory, they were not able to open their heart to welcome, embrace the gospel. They weren't able to conceive or accept that the Lord Jesus Christ had died for the sinners and had resurrected. They could not assimilate this, nor could they soften their hearts because their vainglory and their boastfulness of them thinking they were so wise prevented them from that, from doing it for their human wisdom, their philosophy, their knowledge. They didn't uh, 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 manage to understand. They didn't have the humility to let God teach them. Verse 19, for the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God, for it is written he catches the wise in their own craftiness, meaning ultimately it will all fail because the day will come when the person, no matter how much human knowledge he may have, will see the spiritual things and will understand that it is a reality that God lives, glory to the name of the Lord. Verse 20, again, and again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise, the wise of the world, human wisdom, that they are futile, and that is the word, there it is, it is futile, it is vain, it is trans, tra, uh, temporary, fleeting, and the word vanity, vain, is similar to vainglory, and so it is something that that passes by. It is something that ne does not endure. It is something empty. It is a an empty glory. Of course, it's beautiful to see that there are people who have made discoveries, but also the Bible itself says that God would give knowledge to human beings. Perfect. We're not. We don't stand against it. It is admirable and it is important for humankind to make great discoveries, but. That is something vain, and if the person only trusts that, and the person pr gives praise to himself and uh, exalts himself for the knowledge, that human knowledge he or she has, then he's losing everything, because he is not uh, attaining the spiritual things, the, the spiritual wisdom that is superior to human wisdom, and we love and embrace the spiritual wisdom, and that's why we're here, and we've opened our hearts to the Lord. That's why we sit down to hear and to learn and to enjoy these sermons from our sister Mary Luisa, to enjoy the Bible, to seek that spiritual wisdom, because we know that we cannot have vainglory towards God and that we cannot exalt ourselves before God, but rather human wisdom goes on one side and spiritual wisdom goes on the on another. And the spiritual wisdom is everything in life, notwithstanding the other. Glory to the name of the Lord. And we're also going to read 1 Corinthians 4, where the Apostle Paul taught what was happening in the church. In the church, there were some who were puffed up as well, and uh, these people behaved in a carnal way, and these people were doing things in the church, and so they were saying, 
I belong to the Apostle Paul. I belong to the Apostle Paul's group. And they were puffing up, and they were puffed up, and they were followers of the Apostle Paul, and they felt that, that, as though they were superior to other groups that had come about in the church who used to say, no, we belong to Apollos, who was another preacher who, that God had appointed in the church. And in that way, you had those divisions, but the, that was vainglory from believers who were puffed up saying I follow one or I follow the other and the Lord does not like this today we must be very careful about this that, that in the church should it ever happen in the, the church there are people who say I follow so and so or this person or that person or I belong to that group no because that'll be a sin in the sight of God and for God it is also vain glory that is also something that is worthless it is something that where people feel that they are attaining glory or that they are a part of a certain group or their followers of a certain person will make them superior to others or will make them stand out differently than others. And that is a mistake and a sin in the sight of God. And here in these verses, 1 Corinthians chapter number 4, he explained that you should not do that. And afterward in 1 Corinthians 3, 4, he, saw, he explained what was happening. Let us first read 1 Corinthians 4, number 6, where the Apostle Paul said, uh, he said, now these things, brethren, I have feared to transfer to myself and Paul for your sake, that you may learn in us not to think beyond what is written in the Bible, because the Apostle Paul and Apollos taught what was in the Bible. And that was their starting point and their arrival. And they never left the Bible. Everything came from God. The blessing came from God. The glory belonged to God. The honor the work became, came from God. That you may, it says, that... None of you may be puffed up on behalf of one or against the other groups and saying, I follow one or the other. And then in verse number, and he also explained in 1 Corinthians 3, he explained what was happening. Verse number 4. For one says, I am of Paul and another of Apollos. Are you not carnal? For, what for one says, five, who then is Paul and who is Apollos, but ministers through whom you believed as the Lord gave to each one. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. God is the one who has ultimately done everything. We have only been helpers of God. That's what the Apostle Paul said. But we, God has given that to the Apostle Paul, planted and Apollos watered, but the work belongs to God, and the, and the blessing belongs to God. That's why verse 7 he said, So then neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. But the being glory had really permeated the congregation in that sense of, of, of forming groups and feeling they were superior or showing themselves as followers or one or another. And that vainglory, or being puffed up, as he, as he put it, it is a sin in the sight of God. And also, the Bible says in verse 18, 1 Corinthians 4, 1 Corinthians 4, verse 18, Now some are puffed up. Puffed up means filled with vainglory, as though I were not coming to you. 
being puffed up, meaning wrapped in the vanity of vainglory, as though I were not coming to you. But I will come to you shortly, if the Lord wills, and I will know not the word of those who are puffed up, but the power, meaning those who are presumptuous and claim they have things from God, and they speak a lot, and they they confuse people, but they have dreams, that they have revelations, that God showed them this, that God told them that, and they are just saying this, that God manifests himself a lot in their lives, that... That is not the attitude that God expects from us. And that is what was happening back then. And the Apostle Paul said, I am astonished. Not only with the groups that are coming together who are puffed up saying that they have power in addition. And that they work wonders. And everything is just words. Because when when, at the end of the day, let's we're, if we're going to watch the power, they don't have as much as they claim to have. And so, put, cast your vainglory aside. With that, you are losing your spiritual lives. And that is what happens, really, brothers and sisters. This topic is really closely tied to the spiritual gifts because the Lord here in the church, as I said a while, a while ago, gives us the spiritual gifts. And the truth is that in the experiences we have lived in the church, that the same thing has always happened. When a person receives spiritual gifts, and vainglory comes in him, immediately the Lord takes away everything God gave him. Therefore, we will never are going to brag about what God gave us or boast of what God does for us. No. Instead, let us always bear this in mind and work for the Lord and serve our brothers and sisters. And... It all ma what matters is the power of God and the miracles for everything to be effective. For example, what we were teaching in the beginning, our sister Mary Luisa began to pray for the babies who are in the mother in their mother's womb, wombs, and that little girl was not growing, and her, her growth was really bad. And with her prayer, God worked an extraordinary miracle in a month. That's it, the power of God. That's what speaks up. That's our letter of introduction. There's no need for us to say so many things. Sister Mary Luisa is a person with whom we've learned, we've all have learned, no exception, her humility, her her modesty. She's never talking about herself. Perhaps on a, if on a given day she talks about herself, it is to teach us something. But, but she has completely let go of any vainglory, but rather always humility and modesty, and that is what we've we've learned from our teacher. Glory to the name of the Lord, and from the Lord Jesus Christ Himself as well. The way He behaved and proceeded. It's just that He did it back then to avoid also people from going away astray, and from when people began to see all the miracles that they, 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 He worked, He told them that to prevent He prevent. He, didn't want things to be done disorderly. He wanted things to be done slowly. He wanted things done well done. And there's also great teaching there, a great lesson. So let us also read in our Bibles, in 2 Corinthians, where we find that the Apostle Paul, in chapter 12, he had a wonderful spiritual experience, which was that he was taken to the third heaven. And he wasn't able to describe it, whether it was a vision or whether it was in person. 
but that he was taken to the third heaven and in, in that third heaven in a paradise that it was exclusive that it was inaccessible he arrived there and he delighted by what in witnessing that which is sublime and er and eternal and he even said it himself in this epistle and he said i know a man that he that was taken to a third man to a third heaven he didn't even say that he was himself it was a, a man who was taken to third up to the third heaven just so that we can see in him an example of humility modesty and turning away for, from vainglory and he said a man who was taken there to, to heaven and that man heard words that it is impossible to utter humanly. However, God in his wisdom, lest in my life, the Apostle Paul said, lest I who have of what to boast because he could truly boast of the spiritual experiences that were continuous that he left with the Lord. He could have boasted and not in an irresponsible way, but not knowingly he said it in his epistles. Not foolishly he said, not foolishly, that's what he said. I could boast, but I do not boast. Because it, that's not up to me. God, in his wisdom, sent a messenger of, of Satan to become a thorn in my life and to hit me so that I would feel that I am a man of flesh and blood, lest I ever be exalted and, may, and lest I walk the path of vain glory and arrogance feeling superior to anyone. That was the teaching, and he, he never told us what that thorn was. The Bible doesn't specify it, but it was a weakness that came upon him, as you know, because of the teach the, the, the sermon we received about weakness. It, it means that it was something that he was not able to humanly overcome, but rather, he had to resort to God. And at that moment, when he had to resort to God, he acknowledged that he was weak and that there was an almighty God and supreme God who owned own things, who ex owns the existence itself. And that is why you may read it slowly here, these verses in 1 Corinthians 12, 12 2 Corinthians 12, it says, uh, it is thou not profitable for me to boast. I will boast of visions and revelations of the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, whether in the body I do not know or whether out of the body I do not know. God knows such a, a one was caught up to the third heaven. And then he explained everything. And, lay, and then he explains about the messenger of Satan in verse number 7. Uh, and lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, meaning lest vain glory come upon him and lest he feel superior to other people because that never should happen a thorn in the flesh was given to me a messenger of satan to buffet me or beat me lest i be exalted above measure therefore we see it is necessary for god to help us lest any Vain glory come upon our lives and that we may also help ourselves. How can we help ourselves? I believe the first step is to be aware. 
of and, and knowing of and know what this sin entails and turn away and not commit the sin. And then in First Timothy chapter number three, we're going to read First Timothy chapter number three. He taught that we must be very careful. First Timothy three, verse number six, that you must be very careful in the church not to appoint people to the pulpit who have no experience, who are a novice. Novice means without experience. Without experience means without doctrine. But people who have the doctrine, those who go on the pulpit, because when people do not have the doctrine and they go on a pulpit, they imme will immediately be filled with vainglory and they will start to humiliate and treat the congregations as though they were the lords of the flock, as the Apostle Peter said, that the flocks, they would take them to lord over them because they felt they were higher and superior. And why? Because of a lack of knowledge, without experience, without a lack of knowledge and lack of doctrine. And they started to make mistakes. They would start to offend people and humiliate them and destroy their spiritual lives. That's why he said here in 1 Timothy 3, verse 6, Not a novice, lest being puffed up with pride he fall into the same condemnation as the devil. And what is the condemnation of the devil? Vainglory. For the, per the person starts to feel superior and starts to humiliate others. And later on, that person will lose everything. And that person will also be a bad testimony because then he will make many mistakes. He will act very badly. That's why he said in verse number seven, moreover, he must have a good testimony among those who are outside, lest he fall into reproach in the snare of the devil. And he starts to be a bad testimony. And for that reason also, we find another passage in the Bible here in Timothy, where the Apostle Paul said to Timothy that he admired from Timothy, about Timothy, that from, from his youth, he knew the scriptures and, and that was in Timothy, and he said that he should persist in that, that he should persevere. And that verse is perfectly applicable to our day today because we are having a generation of children and young people who are starting to know the doctrine from, from young, from their young age. They're starting to receive all those these instructions and teachings from our sister Maria Luisa you know, and the doctrine. And these young boys, young girls, they are forming. And in that process, God is cleansing them and God is preparing them so that when they receive a responsibility in the pulpit, or any responsibility God wants to give them, they will have maturity, they will have the a sense of responsibility and wisdom, and they will have the doctrine to be able 
to manage the responsibility God, God, God wants to give them. That's a great motivation for young people. It is a great motivation, just as our sister Maria Luisa has been teaching us, an invitation to all young people to give themselves to God and to know that taking advantage of time and being responsible with God since their youth, they will continue that follow to follow that example of Timothy. And what did he do? Timothy learned the scriptures, learned the doctrine, followed the teaching, and persist in it and imitate the apostle of the apostle Paul. And we have a great teacher, our sister Maria Luisa. And our sister Maria Luisa uh, follows our Lord Jesus Christ and the Father, the Heavenly Fathers. And in that way, whenever they receive an appointment from our Lord, they will be prepared and they will not make these mistakes and they will never lose what God has always planned for them. And may it be so, glory to the name of the Lord, because it is inspiring and motivating and general, in general to us all, those of us who are walking this beautiful path of life, also let us cleanse ourselves and continue cleansing our lives. Let us be fully cognizant of what each sin is. So in that, in that way, we may seek that which is perfect. May it be so. Great, praised and blessed is the name of the Lord forever and ever. You may rise and let us pray, brothers and sisters, to the Most High, to call on Him and pray to Him to manifest Himself at this moment and that he may grant us this blessing of cleansing our life and perfecting ourselves and that we may prepare ourselves for, for a service. Blessed Heavenly Father, we thank you with all our heart for all your blessings. All We love you with all the strength of our being. You are great and wonderful. You are alive and inspiration and are everything. You are worshipped, Lord. We love you. We bless you. We glorify you. We pay tribute to you, all praise, and we ask you to help us and, and make us perfect so that each day, Lord, we may, may walk in this pilgrimage, Lord, in this path toward eternal life, free from any sin, any secret sin, and fully aware of each of them so that we do not fall in the snares of the devil. May you, Lord, give us healing spiritually speaking by removing any witchcraft and sorcery and curses and uh, any nightmares and any spirits of death and depression and any torment and danger from the wicked one any danger of kidnapping or accidents and any kind of danger and also may the god of glory heal us and of any of any kind of a of ailments and pain and aches may the lord spare us from any incurable disease and, and protect us from this virus and any ailment around our life so that by having that healing and by having our health in our life, Lord, and spiritually and materially, we may be ready, filled with, with vitality to serve you, O Most High God, to work in your church, to work for humankind to take your word, your, your word, O God of glory, bless our families as well, and bless 
the union the, of our mar in our marriages as a married married couples, our children as well in our work lives and everything we may do, may we lack nothing and may your blessing be with us. Above all, may our prayers be heard by you and may we have full fellowship with the Most High. May the Lord bless with the best of his blessings our sister Maria Luisa and his church in the, around the globe and everyone who start who, who tunes into these live streams reward their purpose their efforts that they are open their hearts for you may the god of glory make us perfect and cleanse us may the god of glory always cleanse us in the name of the lord jesus christ amen great is our god glory to the lord and let us sing chorus 101 not to us oh lord god chorus 1 101 Glory to the name of the Lord, who among you blesses and praise the Most High. Glory to our God. Great is our God. We love our God. We blessed and praised forever and ever. A big hug to you all. May the Lord bless you and keep you. So long.